Welcome to Dyslexic Life with Joe Reese, week six. How is everyone? Um, I am currently recording this um, on a Thursday morning, and it is the Thursday morning that has been the night of Storm Kieran. Um, if you live down south, the chances are, or Devon Way, um, the chances are you're going to have been affected by the storm. Although I've woken up this morning and it's really weird, I was expecting there to be still really strong wind and rain, and actually at the moment, it's all very peaceful and quiet. Um, the trees are moving a bit outside, but not like I would have expected. But apparently this is because we're currently in the eye of the storm and it's going to pick up again a bit later. So we will see about that. Anyway, I hope you've all had a really good week. Um, I've had another really busy week again this week. So um, we had the second part of school of rock for my daughter her big performance that she was doing and we had lots of friends staying that were coming to watch her um so we've had a very busy household so it's been quite tricky actually this week to balance work and life I always find it quite tricky um when the children are in a show and it's a production week because it takes up lots of time and it but also it creates kind of additional work, if you like, in terms of logistics and organisation, which in turn, if you're dyslexic, no, you'll know makes us very tired. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about was the strategies that she uses to support her, my youngest daughter uses to support her when she's performing. So we know that with dyslexia, one of the things that we find really tricky is organisation. Also knowing things like left and right and remembering key information. So my daughter is, um, how old is she? Oh yeah, she's 13. Um, she has done quite a lot of performing now. She's been very lucky. Um, she belongs to several theatre groups. And she has learned that actually one of the things that makes her anxious or worried are things like cue lines and knowing which side of the stage she needs to be on, whether it's left or right, and kind of remembering props and things, which sounds silly because actually in a rehearsal, she can probably do that very well. But the minute they move to the theatre, they don't have very long in the theatre. So you're kind of changing, obviously, quite a big variable. But also when you're doing something live, you need to remember it quickly and automatically. And we know that the minute somebody with dyslexia gets a little bit stressed or feels a bit anxious actually our working memory doesn't function anywhere near as well so she writes herself out a cue sheet that she has um in her dressing room and she also sometimes puts one either side of the stage if she needs to just so that she can go and check on it as many times as she needs to so that she feels as confident as she possibly can in what she is doing and she finds that that really kind of lessens her anxiety the other thing she does is she has, from a very early age, I think it's because they've done sort of shows from quite an early age, so they were quite little, and I know myself that I often used to misplace or lose things, not very good at multitasking. Um, so if I'm thinking about what I was doing at school, for example, PE kits, books, you'll find maybe coats sometimes get lost, so... I always talk about and think about how it's important that you only have as many things as that your hands can carry, if that makes sense. So for a really early age, she takes a box with her into the theatre 
that she has at her little station at her dressing room. Sometimes it is if it's quick changes, sometimes it is at the side of the stage as well. Um, but basically it means that all of her stuff can be in that box. So the box doesn't even need to be tidy, but she just knows that all of her stuff is in that box. So when she gets undressed, the stuff goes in the box, like any props, any bits that she needs are in that box so that she can keep it all together. We found that that's actually a really effective strategy to, I'm going to touch wood when I say this, but not lose too much. Um, for sure, it it is a tricky thing, kind of remembering that that kind of multitasking when our working memory is overloaded. You'll probably be able to relate to it yourself when you're at school, when you're at work, when you're somewhere, that actually when your working memory is overloaded and you're thinking about all sorts of other things, you're not necessarily remembering or able to count through what you took in with you. So we just find that having a box is really helpful. So some of those strategies you can probably apply to your own lives um, or own situations. Um, for sure, again, she's got the strategy of when she goes to school, uh, she's at secondary school, she's got um, a copy of her timetable in her bedroom so that she can check every day that she's got the right books and the right equipments and she just she just does that all herself she just goes to the timetable when she just kind of goes through it to check that she's got everything we found that that's just a really good strategy that helps her so I wanted to talk to you about that the other thing I wanted to talk to you about was so I've had quite an exciting week um professionally actually so I was interviewed on Friday by the amazing Darren Clark for the SEN in 10 podcast, which is, I believe, is a new podcast. don't think it's quite been launched yet, um, but I was interviewed for that. By the time you listen to this, it may well have been launched, but it's really interesting. Him, Darren, SEN in 10 are talking to all sorts of different professionals, funny enough, for 10 minutes, about their view on SEN in school and provision. So... I will keep you posted when I hear that that is going live. Um, but that's going to be really interesting if you're a parent listening to this and you've got a school age child or a college age child. I think that's going to be a really helpful resource for you to listen to. The other thing I did last night, which was quite exciting in the storm, luckily the internet held out, was I did an interview with Touch Type Read and Spell which is a touch typing program which can also support the development of reading and spelling. I've been doing quite a lot of work with them recently. So I did that interview last night, which was very exciting. The other thing I've done this week is I've been back to UKSA um, Sailing Academy. I love going there. I've talked about it before in the podcast, but they've got a really high percentage of neurodiverse people um there and I've so I've been doing a couple of assessments so I've been back there this week and I love going back there um so that's been quite exciting from that point of view to go and do another assessment there um this weekend I've got some more assessments coming up um I'm now taking bookings for the end of November and December as well it's suddenly become quite busy which is quite exciting this however because I've done a lot of reports has led to report overwhelm. So because I've had a lot of, because things have been slightly different, so I've said it's been production week, I've had lots of people in the house, I haven't been able to work as efficiently as I would usually work. Also, I had a couple of assessments a couple of weeks ago that weren't very straightforward. Every now and then you get one that's not very straightforward. 
it's the nature of the beast. And actually, I love what, well, it's not very straightforward, because that's when I find that I move my thinking on, because I have to have professional conversations with people. I have to do a bit more reading around things, have to kind of dig a bit deeper. So it's actually a really positive thing. But what happens is, is it means that I can almost get stuck and then have to spend longer on a report than I would normally spend on it. It also takes up quite a lot of thinking capacity and thinking space. So what happens is I get a little bit behind with them because obviously I plan how many I can, how many assessments I can do to know how many reports I can write a week, depending on what's going on. And um, so I've got a bit behind with them. And when you get a bit behind with anything, so dyslexic overwhelm, it can be tricky to know where to start. It's really interesting because my husband's on holiday this week and he came down one morning and I was just kind of sat blankly staring at the computer. And I said, oh, I just, I've got so much to do. I just don't know where to start. And he went, well, it's very easy. You just start. And normally he's very patient and he's actually quite empathetic and normally has some kind of strategy or idea. And actually that was really unhelpful because if I knew where to start, I would have already started. So actually what it did do was enable me to go, actually, he is right, I do need to start, but I actually genuinely don't know where to start. So I need to employ a strategy and I do have a bank of strategies that I can employ to help me. So actually what I did was I laid out all of my remaining reports that I needed to write and I had a look at them and I picked the one that I felt like was going to be the most straightforward in terms of the most typical profile if you like in a way and thought right I'm going to start with that one and hopefully that will kind of get get things moving get things moving again and the other thing I did was I set myself um an alarm I was like, for 10 minutes, I'm going to solely focus on this report, nothing else. Moved my phone away, moved all sort of distractions away. And also kind of looked at the bit of the report that I felt the most confident writing, the bit that felt like it was going to be the easiest, which was actually a bit in the middle. It wasn't the beginning in the middle, the beginning on the end, it was a bit in the middle. I was like, actually, that bit feels like that's going to be quite easy to write. Well, it was interesting. That 10 minutes was definitely like a power 10 minutes. And when the alarm went off, I stopped it and I was able to keep writing for another 20 minutes. Um, And by the end of the morning, so that was quite early in the morning that he said that, by mid-morning I'd managed to finish writing that report and it was off to the proofreader. So actually it is about, sometimes you do need that tough love, somebody to tell you to just get on with it. But it's also bearing in mind that when you've got your own workload and you manage your own workload, whether that's in a workplace, whether you work for yourself, sometimes we need help, but there is an element of actually nobody is ever going to do that work for us. So it's about finding strategies that help us get into, you know, get into things. I did make a TikTok video about that and list some other strategies as well. Um, but hopefully that will give you some sort of ideas on on things. The other thing I've talked about this week on TikTok is I've done a post all about being emotionally literate because I think many people with dyslexia can read body language and um, emotions and tone of voice way more often than they actually read the language or listen to the language in a conversation. So I've done a little TikTok about that. If you're interested in finding out more about that, hop over to my TikTok But I think that that is everything on my list to talk to you about this week because I've been talking for 
12 minutes. I try to keep it to around that if I possibly can. Um, so for now, if you're new to the podcast, please do go back and listen to previous episodes. Please do also pop us a follow so that you'll be notified when the next episode goes live. Um, but for now, really stay safe if this storm comes back and have a great week. And don't forget to always look on the dyslexic side of life. But um, but um, but um, but um, have a great week, guys.